Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, and believe it or not, up in my Fort Collins studio, we have a sunny, beautiful day. Now, it's cold. I think it's going to be not 40s or 50s. It's in the 40s now. But we dodged the bullet on the snow. We had some snow that fell. I actually flew in last night, and Karen and I were really concerned we were going to make it back and where we'd be doing the show from. And uh, we got we didn't have any issues. Well, our one flight got delayed. It got canceled. We took a later flight, but we made it. And uh, we got looks like it's pretty wet up here, but we don't have a lot of snow. Some of the pictures I'm seeing from other parts of the state, that's not the case. So, not a hundred percent sure. Uh, how bad it is down there. Hopefully we don't have a lot of damage to trees. That was one of our biggest concerns and power lines and things like that. And might be a, might be a good day today to kind of go over your fishing tackle and get things ready and maybe get ready to go out. And how much is this weather going to change fishing? We're going to talk quite a bit about that today at a few different, uh, few different points in the show. We'll have, uh, we're joining uh, later on in the hour, Austin Parr will join us to talk overall fishing. Nate Zielinski is going to talk fishing. Chad Lachance in the second hour will talk some fishing. So we've got, we're going to talk some camping, picking out a tent. And uh, we're going to talk about some park activities that are coming up. So we've got a lot, lot to cover. Right now we're waiting on a phone call from Kirk Dieter, the editor of Trout Magazine. And we are going to uh, talk about the value of fishing or why you fish and not just about catching fish. So let's go to the phones. He's with us now. Good morning, Kirk. Hey, how's it going, Terry? It's going well. I was just telling folks that I was pretty lucky that, uh, I, uh, we didn't get a, we got some water up here where I live. It got wet, but we didn't get the snow. Some other places got now the snow in the mountains at this time is still fantastic. Uh, snow, some of the tree places uh, up and down the front range aren't so great. So, But we needed this moisture. In fact, uh, later on after we talk a little bit about our main topic, I want to talk to you about runoff and, and water and where things are. But you have an issue of Trout Magazine coming out that is uh, talks about, I think you, you put it as, why do we fish or what do we really fish for? Was that kind of the theme? Exactly. It's the theme of the magazine and is what are you really fishing for? So it's kind of a play on words there, but the, the point being that a lot of us goes back to that Henry David Thoreau quote that some people fish their whole lives and realize that it's not the fish that they're after. And it's about it's mental health awareness month and fishing can be to your mental health what jogging could be to your cardio health. Um, it's a good way to connect, to clear your head, to be in, at peace, uh, to find things that, you know, make you happy and to share that with other people. And so that's really the, the point being that that's what we're all really fishing for. And it's not about numbers. It's not about how big, you know, we talk about that when, you go out and first thing you ask, do you have a good day? Sure. How many did you catch? But really, I think more, especially at these, these times that we're living in, people are valuing just being 
outside and being part of the experience. I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, well, as far as how fishing affects you as memories and bonding, American Sports Anglers Association, oh, this goes back a decade or two, did a survey of adults over 40, and they asked them what their most memorable event memorable event growing up with their parents was and 52% chose an outdoor activity. Uh, fishing was number one, fishing, camping, hiking, hunting, being outdoors like that. And the next highest grouping was athletic events. And that was 12%. So there's a special, there's a special therapeutic value, a special bonding a special uh, effect on your psyche that being outdoors does. And I think the water amplifies that, don't you? I totally agree. And, you know, it's not just hearsay. We're seeing, you know, clinical uh, research or people, doctors in Canada are prescribing park passes for people. And we've seen studies that show that Patients in hospitals who are closer to trees and hear birds and stuff feel faster than those that don't. And so it's not just something made up. There's a real solid value to all of this. And we've seen that play out in lots of different ways. You know, we've seen Project Healing Waters help our veterans um, come back uh, from faraway places and connect with nature. And and that's great. You know, the... um, Cast for a cure or um, other things who help patients who are do- dealing with tough diagnoses and stuff. Um, the, the Mayfly Project, uh, it just goes on and on. We've seen lots of ways where service organizations have turned to fishing and water uh, for benefit. So, you know, people now I, I tell my friends, you know, if you see someone who's struggling or if you, you know someone who needs a lift, um, no, no better place than to take them out on the water. I tell you what, if you want a great example of that, uh, Cast for Kids will be on Horse Tooth Reservoir June 4th, where they take special needs children out and the the fishing clubs and people donate their time both on shore and with their boats, especially pontoon boats, and take take these kids out. And if you see the smile on their face, it's life transforming when these youngsters catch a fish and all of a sudden... They're out there and they can do something. They're experiencing it. And it is life-changing. And I can tell you that my time on the water personally, when, you know, I've, I've been very blessed with a wonderful life. But when you go through, we all go through times when we're you know, not as in tune or happy as we want. Boy, I can just go to a local stream and I don't have to catch a fish or get out in my boat or walk the shorelines of a pond and catch a few small panfish. And all of a sudden your, your whole attitude changes. It really, there really is a therapeutic uh, property to water. Karen and I, as everybody who listens know that we, we travel extensively and we almost invariably, if we can try to stay near the water where we can hear, see and touch the water while we're on the trip. It just makes for a better trip. Tell me about the magazine. Maybe so. Well, go ahead, Nat. You were going to respond to that. Well, I think I think that that's right. And, and the point is with the magazine and Trout Unlimited is we take care of the water, right? So uh, there's a reason for taking care of that water. That's more than just supporting fun and games. It's supporting 
community. It's supporting way of life. It's supporting mental health. It's supporting lots of things for lots of people for different reasons. And that's what we do in this issue of the magazine is kind of show that. So we've, we've profiled the emergency room doctor and the, the, the nurse who was on the front lines of COVID. And we, uh, you know, the people who have turned their life around who had come back from you know, addiction issues and others that, who are willing to share their stories and, and talk about, you know, what they get out of the whole thing of fishing. And uh, it's, it's ultimately been one of my favorite issues as editor to work on. Because, you know, you read these stories and they're so heartfelt and it kind of tugs at my heartstrings. It's hard to, it was hard to uh, um, put the whole magazine together with a dry eye. Um, but it, it, at the end of the day, I think it's a really satisfying issue and I hope people really like it. Well, before we get into some actual fishing talk, too, um, Trout Magazine is the official publication of Trout Unlimited. Tell people how they get it and what the other benefits are. Sure. So if you get it if you're a member of Trout Unlimited, which is 35 bucks a year. Um, and we like to make a magazine that we think is worth that alone. But you also um, get the satisfaction of knowing that you're putting back. You're helping our organization uh, take care of our rivers and lakes and streams, keep them clean for people who fish or people who don't fish. I mean, it's just everything kind of flows down downstream and we're focused on those cold water fisheries especially in colorado um you know up high you can see where the source waters uh, for the colorado the arkansas rio grande lots of things uh, and and our work is felt for miles and miles and miles yeah and it's true it's of uh membership and trout trout unlimited you get lots of perks and and then you do uh, get to attend some meetings and things if you wish with the chapters and hobnob with some people and rub elbows and but it's a conservation organization at its core and i don't i think anybody who lives in the west is pretty aware of how important water conservation is let's switch gears a little bit now uh, when you're not traveling the world you spend a lot of time up in steamboat springs where i think you recently were were you getting out on the water what were the current conditions up there it is full peak runoff right now uh the yampa in town and downstream and especially after the elk river confluence it's booking so um and i think that the the snow that we just had kind of slowed some of that down a little bit but What's really been the issue is we've had warm evenings and nights. So usually when, you know, you've got 24 hours in a day and eight of those hours are below freezing this time of year, um, they're not, they've not been that lately. So it's been a 24 hour full on melt and uh, we're seeing that. It's going to be a fast, big runoff. So you expect it? It'll be. It's going to be coming hard, but not for maybe as long, uh, <clears throat> unless we get some cooler temperatures. But I think after this spell, it may, it may, it may actually subside a little bit with this snow because of the cold weather. But then it'll pick right up, even with more vigor as this snow melts. What about if I want to get out fishing? Is the river is the Yampa fishable? Do you have any, or do you advise going maybe to other places or maybe tailwaters or lakes? What would you do if you're going fishing in that area? Well, it's it's a perfect time for pike fishing and ice out on the lakes, stagecoach and others. Um, you know, this time of year is when the pike are up in the shallows and and uh, 
you know, Nate will talk about that more, I'm sure, but it's a great time for that. It's a great time for trout along the edges of the rivers. Um, you know, people are still fishing. I would say even the next week or so, it's going to drop a little bit. And once it starts to drop, and I mean, if I, my rule of thumb is if I can stand in the river safely and knee, knee deep and see my shoelaces, I'm, I'm ready to fish. So you only need one or two feet of visibility. Uh, to throw flashy streamers or things of that nature. And that's some of the most fun fishing of the year. And then, of course, once things the water starts to clear and the turbidity issue goes away, that and the fish are full on. And it's going to be drakes and other things happening here pretty quick. Now, across the state in the rivers, the, the water is high. Now, you made a comment the fish are still there. They're still eating. Um, there are other options. We have a lot of tailwaters in Colorado, which have controlled flows. And stillwater fishing, of course, as you mentioned, can be tremendous. But don't always give up. You can find calmer parts of the river. But don't you think this time of the year a lot of people just cast right over the fish? Because those fish are just tend to be bunched in by shore. They're not going to be out in that raging river. No, that's right. Imagine if you're at the treadmill, right? <laughs> and and they, Mother Nature's turned the dial up on the treadmill all the way, full tilt. Uh, but, it, you know, you can get a little breather if you ha- head off to the side of the river. So if you're a fish, would you want to be on the treadmill all the time, or would you rather just kind of dabble in and out of the current? And that's where you're going to find them. It's, it's right on the banks most of the time, within three feet of the banks, especially this time of year. And I like your approach about big streamers, you know, even stoneflies this time of the year, but big flies and sometimes they go bright flies can work, but I find sometimes dark blacks and silhouette uh, images that leave a silhouette actually work better. Yeah. And rubber leg flies. So like a Pat's rubber leg, um, dark Brown with, you know, suspended below a dry fly, right. Fished right close to the bank, you know, a big stimulator, something that's very buoyant. Um, I would put stimulator and then drop me 12 to 18 inches below it, a uh, big, heavy, fast-thinking rubber leg stonefly. And that's the way to pick the edges of the rivers this time of year for sure. We are out of time, my friend. Uh, if people want to get join Trout Unlimited, get Trout Magazine, how do they do that? Just go to tu.org, and you can sign up. There's buttons to push, and you can get signed up you know, anyway or, you know, Come to look online and, and find one of the local meetings, and you can come come that way too. Um, and you know, however you want to be a part is everyone's welcome, and uh, you don't have to you don't have to go to all the meetings. You can just um, show show your support however you want to do it. But we're you know, it's a big community, and we're happy to have as many people as we can. All right, my friend, I'll let you. I know you're on a trip. Thank you for taking time out to join us, and all the work you do in the industry. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for everything, Terry, and you have a good one, and stay stay warm. All right. All right. We will. Thank you. Kirk Dieter, editor of Trout Magazine. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, we're going to talk about a couple events coming up where you and your family can get outdoors and enjoy some outdoor activities as a family and just have the time of your life. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, a 104.3 The Fan. On 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. 
You know, in addition to all my outdoor gear at Jack's, I get a lot of my grilling stuff there. Boy, do they have the accessories and the grills that take care of your needs there. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Travis Duncan. Good morning, Travis. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, where are you at right now? I'm up in Fort Collins, and tell you the truth, we don't have any snow on the ground. We we got water, but we were fortunate up here. How about where you're at? Yeah, I'm in Colorado Springs, and it, we got a good amount. It's definitely all the all the trees are drooping down, and um, it's still coming down a little bit here. And yeah, there's we got quite a bit of quite a bit of snow. Um, and, well, we need the moisture, so hopefully not much damage and lots of water because. We never can get too much water in the front range of Colorado, I don't think. It's uh, it's it's always a need. You know, we want to talk about the ANS inspections, what's going on there. But before we get to that, uh, Colorado Public Lands Day, I believe it's going on, and there's going to be uh, cleanups and volunteers, things happening. Tell me a little bit about that real quick. Yeah, so back in 2016, Colorado became the first state uh, in the nation to establish its own public lands day. And the purpose of it is to, to celebrate the significant contributions that national state and local public lands within Colorado make to wildlife, outdoor recreation and the economy and to our way of life. So, uh, on that day, um, each, in each May, the uh, third Saturday in May, they do color public lands day. And there are events at some of our state parks where you can go and help clean up. And, um, so some of those are already going on this morning, but, but if folks are hearing, hearing this now, um, Bar Lake State Park actually has, is having one tomorrow on Sunday uh, due to the due to the weather we had today. Uh, hope, hoping to get more folks out. So that's from 9 a.m. to noon tomorrow. Uh, there's a cleanup at Bar Lake State Park if folks are interested. Well, you know, and if you go to Parks and Wildlife's website, there really are always needs for volunteers for events, but also seasonal volunteers that um, can really help and take ownership in the parks and take pride. Uh, you couldn't run the parks without the volunteers. And then there's also internships and seasonal jobs that where you get paid that can lead to full-time employment. So, you know, if you really love the parks, take a look at that and maybe take part and enjoy and help maintain them and do some things. It's it's good for all of us. Let's talk, though, about the ANS inspection process. It's been with us for quite a while now. Um, you've got some numbers to kind of tell us what's been going on, kind of bring us up to speed on, you know, how many boats have we inspected or have we found a lot of mussels trying to come into Colorado? Kind of give us the, the overview. Sure. So, so Colorado Parks and Wildlife's Aquatic Nuisance Species Inspection Program started back in 2008. Uh, and since that time, six, over 6 million boats have been inspected, um, over 172,000 boats have been decontaminated. Um, and so um, just some of the, the numbers and looking at how it's maybe increased over time and what we're finding, um, in 2019, we had 86 boats that were found with invasive mussels. In 2020, that number jumped to 100. Then then last year, that went up to 181. Uh, so that's that's up from only 16 boats that were found in 2017. And, and we think that's probably due just just to the sheer number of people we have uh, recreating, just more more people getting outside and enjoying Colorado's outdoors, more folks using using watercraft and going to neighboring states uh, that do have mussels, and so that's why we remind folks it's super important to to follow all the the clean, drain, and dry protocols. And and if you're coming into Colorado with a, a boat when you've been out of state, make sure you let boat inspectors know uh, where you've been. 
so they can definitely ins- inspect your watercraft to make sure we don't we don't get invasive invasive mussels in Colorado. And that really is important. Almost, I don't know about Wyoming, but I know like Kansas and Nebraska and Utah all have mussels in them at certain waters. And because the rivers flow out of Colorado, we're not going to get those coming in through our our water system. They're going to be brought in by people. And we we just have limited surface water in Colorado for the number of people that want to recreate. And we're seeing other states where water providers who own the water are shutting the water down to recreation because they can't, they don't want to take a chance on the damage and expense of getting a muscle infection. So in order to maintain our resources and keep the recreation available, it really is an important step. And it's gotten down to a science now where it doesn't take very long. You pull up and if you get inspected on the way out, you just get the seal taken off on the way and it really uh, is getting to be good. What about, we talked about volunteers. I know they hire a lot of people for the ANS inspection. Have they been able to hire enough people this year? Yeah, I think so. I definitely encourage folks to, to who might be interested in, in doing that work to look, um, you know, early, early on in the year each year to, to see what positions we have opening up at our different reservoirs and bodies of water because yet we, we definitely are looking for that seasonal help each each year ahead of ahead of boating season well, we have a couple minutes left i want to talk you started a new program similar to some other states where boats get inspected at points of entry where they come in they come in did you do some of that this year and what were the results yeah, so um, last year in 2021, the, the Colorado legislature uh, passed a, a bill which authorized CPW to implement a pilot roadside watercraft inspection and decontamination program. So this year, we just had our first one. We're, we're going to have three different uh, days uh, at the Loma Port of Entry on I-70 where we'll be checking vehicles with watercraft. So the first one just happened on May 15th. Um, the next one is July 23rd, and then another one on September 5th, and the idea is um, you know, some, some busy travel weekends to, to hopefully catch some watercraft that might have invasive mussels. Uh, so we had a successful day on May 15th. You can see some of the photos on the website. I'm still waiting on uh, getting some of the numbers back from our from our ANS folks about how many vehicles we inspected and how many we decontaminated. But um, yeah, we'll be sharing those numbers soon once we get those. And I think the goal at some time might be to try to catch mussels at the border almost all the time so we can maybe even be less and uh, take the pressure off some of the inspections right at the lake. So always working in that. Travis, any last-minute comments or anything going on we should be knowing about otherwise other than stay warm and out of the snow? <laughs> <laughs> um, just just like to let folks know, we're, we're definitely gearing up for another um, busy year of folks, folks getting outside and, and we'll be sharing those, those recreate responsibly messages as we, um, move throughout the summer and just those leave no trace messages of knowing before you go, thinking about, um, what kind of recreation there might, might be allowed on the state park you're going to or the perhaps the state wildlife area you're going to. So, um, just encouraging folks to, to be safe out there and, and know before you go and, and follow those leave no trace principles. All right, my friend. Thanks for coming on, as always. Always great to get your updates, Travis. We'll talk again soon. All right, thanks, Terry. You bet. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, um, we're going to start talking fishing. we got a couple good fishing segments coming up with Austin Parr and with um, 
Nate Zolinski. So we'll take a time out. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite contributors from Discount Fishing Tackle, Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. We got some water, my friend. I love it. I mean, I always joke around that anybody that uh, says that they don't like the the rain or snow around here, even if it's uncomfortable, hasn't been living in Colorado long enough, especially with how dry we've been lately. Yeah. Um, Did you get, I'm up in Fort Collins. We were wet, but we really didn't have any snow on the ground or trees here. How did you do? Uh, Down by the store. Definitely more snow than up north where I live off 104th. I maybe got three inches, but it's a moisture-packed three inches with a lot of rain prior. And then up at the yeah, – I'm hearing down in Colorado Springs maybe a couple feet. You know, this weather is going to change things. What's been going on in fishing, and what do you think is going to happen here? Well, we had been really developing a good, solid – early summertime bite as far as uh, metro waters were concerned uh the the bait pulling was was very worthwhile uh the the, the jig fishing and blade bait fishing hadn't quite materialized to the level that i was was really looking for yet but the slow death bite and the lindy rig bite were were quite worthwhile up shallower but with that being said uh you know we'll see how much water tip we lost but even continuing over the next several days we're definitely not going to be gaining any water temperatures and i think it's going to force some of these fish back deeper uh, especially at cherry creek you may find that lead core bite picks back up again or your same type of techniques that we were utilizing before like the the slow death and bottom bouncers may just shift into the edges of the structure next to the main basin rather than up top in that uh, 12 foot type water range that we were seeing previously you know, some of the other areas of the state, you know, it's been really a, a different type of year. We've felt like it was hot and dry, and it has been up till this incident. But places like northeast Colorado, the waters have been slow to come around in warmth and to uh, really take off as far as the fishing. We're still kind of waiting for that. Have you heard anything about those northeast reservoirs? And was this going to maybe further set them back? I would say that's definitely going to be the case. Everything had been slightly behind what you would be normally seeing out there. And a lot of the reports I had been hearing were uh, indicating slower fishing. Um, Places like Pruitt weren't really on fire yet. Same thing with Jumbo and Sterling. Uh, We'll see what happens. There's a Colorado uh, walleye trail tournament, CWT circuit trail at uh, Jumbo this weekend. And I'm anticipating that being a little bit tougher, but folks always, somebody always finds a good bite out there. So we'll be able to see how, how they do over the next uh, couple of days out there to kind of get an indication of what that's doing. But in general, it has been a little bit slower. Uh, the, the jig bite has not been picking up out there yet. Uh, so I think it might be another maybe week or so. It seems like the tail end of this next week as we move into Memorial Day is going to be warmer. And I think that, that we'll be quick to rebound once these temps uh, return to those 80s and 90 degrees like we were seeing last week. I agree. It will get warm quickly. I um, mean, you know, and you, you made a great point. We were talking about the tournament out there. I did a lot of tournament fishermen fishing in my younger days and covered tournaments for in fishermen. And, uh, no matter how tough we all thought the conditions were, somebody found a way to catch them. And I never went to a tournament where somebody didn't find a way to catch them and, and make it work. So I think 
Um, you know, if you're persistent and you, you're willing to adapt, you can make things happen. One thing where I was hearing good things uh, really starting to take off, and that's in the southeast, especially the crappies. But the saw guys were about to get going and the white bass. What are you hearing down there? hearing the same thing so everyone talks about john martin down there with good right but adobe creek has also been worthwhile the crappie bite has been picking up out there it's not quite as many saw guys in that lake as we've seen in years past but there's a lot of small ones so the 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 bigger size fish are lacking a bit but next couple of years if we can get a little uh, water to to keep that lake up slightly we should have great fishing in the near future but the crappie bite has been good and the other thing that that lake has is a pretty solid blue cat population uh if you're looking to catfish uh a a lake that has a lot of good numbers adobe creek is a a good one but then shifting back to john martin that crappie bite over the last several weeks along the rocks on the dam was very good uh the water level was not quite high enough to get boats to the trestle unless you were very shallow up there i was hearing a lot of people were hitting bottom as they were trying to get to the trestle so it's quite a bit lower than what we had seen previously and a lot of the trees are out of the water uh, there's still a lot of crappies in that lake and there's still a lot of saw guys in that lake too so instead of being up in the trees shifting and hitting some of the the bluff edges and rocky points is definitely more of what I would be doing, and and uh, you could definitely do the same thing we've been doing up north with the bottom bouncers. Uh, that's a lake I don't like Landy rig fishing much. Uh, a lot very snaggy, so the bouncers can be more productive to keep your baits up off the bottom a little bit and snag less. But I also love weedless jigs uh, along those edges, but with the lack of trees, you can still probably get away with some blade baits and maybe some vertical jig jigging wraps down there as well. Uh, that bite... Uh, the temperatures aren't going to be quite as cold down there. It doesn't seem like still colder than what we would normally anticipate, but I think that would be a good destination for Memorial Day, um, obviously camping depending, but uh, the fishing should be pretty good down there for multi-species. Yeah, and you know, one thing that is usually will save a fishing trip down there is the white bass. There's usually a good population of white bass, and if you can't get anything else to go, <clears throat> you can still have a great time fishing those white bass. Yeah, and if you're in a boat, it's easy. You can run cranks down the middle of that lake with planer boards, Selma Hornets, Flicker Shad, Shad Wraps, vary your depth, and you can usually get into them. And then there's almost always suspended crappie out there, too. So you can catch some white bass and crappies and maybe a saga or two trolling down the middle of the lake. How about Glendo? I mean, more and more people are heading to Wyoming. By the way, folks, I'll make an announcement that we are going to get Wyoming Parks and Wildlife on to talk about going to Wyoming fishing, what's involved, the the checkpoints, the fees and that. But Glendo is a tremendous, tremendous fishery. What have you heard up there? It really is. It's not very far away in comparison to other places. Uh, the Wyoming Walleye Stampede Tournament this last weekend was very productive. And, and the thing about Glendo is it truly is a fishery that, that holds big fish. And a lot of the anglers that go up there really respect that and let those big fish go. And if you're keeping fish, keep some of those smaller guys. But uh, it, it's not up into the trees right now like we had seen in previous years. So it's more fishing off of points. Uh, drifting with bait and then in the edges of the bushes rather than up in the cottonwood trees. So a lot of the folks that were up there were doing very well on slip bobbers and minnows. Now, with that being said, you can't take minnows up there from Colorado, so you have to locate your minnows in Wyoming. 
uh, but you can also do well on the night crawlers. But folks are, are posting up and slip bobber fishing and then throwing swim baits like Kitex Swing Impacts as well as uh, Walleye Assassins from Bass Assassin Lure Company. Both were very worthwhile uh, throwing those swim baits on the edges and then running that slip bobber on the secondary rod. So uh, they got definitely some moisture up there too. So we're probably going to be anticipating a slight slow up but in general, that bite was pretty darn wide open. And uh, if you're looking for some bigger fish uh, to release and some smaller fish to keep, that's a pretty good spot to think about. Yeah, and it really seems to really hit, hit kind of a peak for those fish being just off the trees and in the, going to the structure, usually around Memorial Weekend. Now, it varies by year to year, but when those fish pull off, there's many ways to catch them. A lot of people push the issue of fishing the trees up there a little late into the year when they probably should be off bottom bouncing or jigging on those structures or maybe even trolling crankbaits off the edge of the structure. A lot of shad yeah, out there. Big time. I was just going to say that. There's a ton of shad out there, and they, they have the same thing happen to them that we have down here. When all those baby shad come out over the open water mid to late June, those fish peel off of that structure, and you need to follow them. So whether you're trolling out there or running some reactionary baits, that's a good place to be. But I think right now you, they're going to be, I mean, peak bite is going to be next two weeks. So if you want to catch fish at Glendo, make that happen the next two weeks. But also look at the Wyoming walleye stampede circuit. There's another tournament up there. I'm not 100% sure as to exactly the date on that. But when that happens, there's 140 boats that are tournament fishing. So if you can get away from that weekend, uh, you may find a bit less pressure. All right, my friend. We have about 30 seconds left. Any hot mountain bites, or do you think the snow, you're better off to stay down here? I think the mountains would be a great spot to go. Lake John and Spinney, I think, would both be very good opportunities. Tailwaters also offer a good opportunity. Think Big Thompson, Blue River, and if you want to make a drive, the Taylor or the Frying Pan are both been fishing good and will keep you away from the high water. All right, my friend. If people want more information or just to talk to you, where do they go? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right. We will talk to you again soon. Stay warm. Yes, you You bet. Austin Parr, always a great resource. Um, You know, we got some. Austin is a great resource. We have coming up Nate Zielinski here in just a minute, who's a tremendous outdoor resource, both fishing and hunting. Austin does hunting. We have one of the things that makes this show go is I can't be everywhere and be doing everything. And we have such great contributors that bring us information right from the field and hopefully we keep that information as up to date as possible so that you can take advantage of it we're going to take a quick time out when we come back we'll be joined by nate Zelinsky on terry wickstrom outdoors on 104.3 the fan